Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show. Coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska. Where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Welcome, everybody, to the Must Read Alaska show. I'm John Quick, your host, and this show is sponsored by Charlie Pierce for Governor. We want to thank Charlie Pierce for sponsoring the show. It's because of folks like him that we're able to get the word out about conservative values in and all around Alaska. So thank you so much for Charlie Pierce for Governor for sponsoring this show. Okay, we are live, Representative uh... George Rauscher, which is very exciting. Thank you so much for coming to the uh, Must Read Alaska show, folks, everybody out there in the worldwide webs that are watching. Uh, we are coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. And man, do we have a treat for you today. Um, we have Representative George Rauscher on the show. But before we go in to the show, we're, we uh, always like to remind folks that you can uh, catch us on iTunes and Spotify and Amazon. If this is... Um, Maybe you have a friend that maybe doesn't listen to Facebook Lives. You can always direct them to download this show later on everywhere there's a podcast under the sun. We're going to be there. So um, we're, we're super excited that, um, that you folks are listening, whether you're on Amazon or listening on Facebook Live. And we want to also remind you that we do have a Must Read Alaska app. So we developed this app and it's on the Google Play Store. It's on the um, iTunes store, and it's a free app. Uh, it took a lot of work to develop this, and it's free for you all. So if you're more into, uh, maybe you got the Fox News app or the, um, you know, whatever app, this is a very similar app. It's a news app based off the Must Read Alaska website, and it's free to you. So we want to make sure that uh, everybody's aware of that. And uh, so without further ado, uh, I want to welcome you, Representative George Rauscher of District 9, I believe, and uh, welcome to the Must Read Alaska show. Oh, what an honor, I'm telling you. I, you know, I don't do interviews. I, I, this is the second video. I've been like, in office for six years now. It's the second video interview that I've ever done. I, as most of the people know, I don't do interviews. I'm just <laughs> well, we feel honored that you're here. I know um, I'm, a, I'm a fan of... Uh, of you and I know that Suzanne is a fan of you and so we um, you know feel like this is a great uh, way to honor some of the things that you've stood up for over the years as a as a representative in Alaska you have been a true conservative uh, for a lack of a better words and um, I think some of that work sometimes goes unnoticed if you unless you stick your neck out there and tell folks what you're doing so um, let's just go into the five questions representative Rauscher the first question is this what got you involved in politics in the first place? Kind of talk to us about that story. Well, you know, Sutton is a very small town. I live in Sutton. I lived in Sutton for 40 years. And uh, I came up here on a motorcycle. I ended up in Sutton in uh, 1978. And uh, I lived in the home that I first moved into. Uh, for 20 years and 20 years later, I was in a different home. So I have only had to move my belongings once. Wow. Uh, 
the whole time. No, people move like every five years. So, you know, I raised four daughters, and at the time, we they were growing up, and uh, we were getting a lot of you know exposure in the community, just doing stuff and enjoying the little community. And then I was at a community council meeting one day, and I, I got to thinking, oh, it might be interesting just to find out what politics is all about. So I sit down at the meeting, and little be known to me, it was uh, who wants to be on the board day? And, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and I had a whole lot of friends uh, in that town. And um, I thought, oh, okay, yeah, give this a shot. And of course, I got elected with, I think it was like 17 people voting, and I got all 17 votes. And uh, <laughs> nice, that's a good uh, 17 and 0. Right. So, because I have four daughters, I had soccer. I was a soccer coach, summer coach. And I couldn't make the first meeting, of course, right? So um, I found out if you don't make the first meeting, uh, you're going to be president at the end of it because nobody wants to work that hard, right? So they let me be president. And and they found out later. And I said, okay, fine. Well, some of the things that really bothered me was uh, Jonesville. Jonesville, if you followed my history all the way through, Jonesville was a big part of it. And this is the middle of uh, the first uh, decade in 2000. It was like 2005. And um, I was looking at the area out there, and uh, it was a nice place to play, but things were changing. The state just put $9 million into the area and opened it up. And next thing you know, everybody from the state was using the area and it was getting trashed and um, it's just changing because of this $9 million. The runway was gone and they were were killing all the fires up there, which was not a bad thing. But there was a lot of coal fires up there in Jonesville left over from the the, the coal era. And um, I, I started to get involved in that because I was president and chairman and I, and I had an opinion that uh, Alaska, ever since I've been in Alaska, people were waiting for those coal mines to open up and get jobs again. And next thing you know, I realized there's this battle going on in town. Those that didn't want to open it and those that wanted to open up and usability was going to open up Wishbone. and uh, That got to be pretty contentious and Next thing you know, as chairman, I had to make the deciding vote. There were three over here that wanted to support coal industry coming back to Sutton, and three over there that that didn't want that to happen. And so, two hundred people testified. All these are my friends. <laughs> you know, and, you didn't know what you're getting yourself into, probably. <laughs> right, this big gym, and now I've got to make this decision. So, um, yeah. I, I basically asked for some of the numbers from the polls that we took and some of the numbers that we took that uh, we got in from the surveys. And I cast for in favor of the surveys. I said, no, poll is it. And uh, let's move on. And next thing you know, half of your friends don't want to talk to you anymore. Right? Yep. All because you made a, you had to make a vote. And that's when I realized what politics was all about. was. You make a decision, half the people that you know are now going to be pretty upset with you. Um, and then the next decision 
you may lose another half of those and gain half of those back. So it was real interesting, but Jonesville was an idea that I had brought to my legislature and uh, it seemed uninterested at all. I didn't care. And this was a big deal for me. Uh, I decided, well, I think I need to run against them. And I did. Nice. And, uh, and I lost. <laughs> oh, man. Now, how bit? What was it? 60 40, 70 30, 55? I think I lost 45. by 170 votes. First time oh, running, man. I lost by 170 votes. My district is Delta, Glen Allen, Valdez. Uh, it's yeah. huge. I lose by 170 votes. So I decided, well, you know, think about running again. I did. I lost the second time. Okay. So. So I started reading about Lincoln and a few other people, and I don't want to give up yet. And uh, I said, try one more time. And uh, I won that year, and I've been a legislator ever since. That's basically how I got involved. And Jonesville has been a big part of it. The first bill I ever got passed was to have a public use area. And there were a lot of people that supported that, and there were a lot of people that didn't. And uh, I think now people are coming to a realization that that needed to happen, what it looks like from the future on as far as a maintenance agreement, because that's what we couldn't get was a maintenance agreement unless that Jonesville public use area was passed. So what that maintenance agreement comes to be is what it becomes is beyond my control now. Yeah. It's up to the communities. Well, I think it's a beautiful story of uh, oftentimes we're spurred on to do things because we're knocking on people's doors that are supposed to be doing them or supposed to be caring about them. And they turn a blind eye or they tell you to go pound sand or they, um, you know, uh, basically don't want to hear you. And I think that that's a awesome way to get involved in politics because it was, um, you know, I've, I've uh, heard your story before that you've told it to me personally. And it always reminded me of, um, why people like you, Representative Rauscher, because you're a, just a normal person and approachable, and you haven't had this um, big fancy idea to, you know, be, become the next president of the United States. You've got involved in politics because you saw a need of somebody that was supposed to be listening to people and wasn't, and so that's pretty awesome. As what's somebody who you look up to in the political world? I know that, you know, being a uh, representative in the state house for Alaska. You're probably around lots of politicians or been around lots of politicians. And uh, what's somebody dead or alive uh, that you've looked up to and why? You know, when I thought about that question, I I have only really um, one hero in the political world. And, and it may seem cliche, but it's probably for some reasons that most people don't think about. It would be Ronald Reagan. Um, Ronald Reagan was always a gentleman. Everywhere he went, he was a he was a gentleman. He was smart. He wasn't afraid to state his position, but he didn't browbeat you with it. He didn't uh, he didn't come off offensive. He was able to incorporate God and prayer um, in everything that he did when he was a president. He was able to. Uh, talk about freedom and how it wasn't free if you didn't fight for it. And uh, he talked about, you know, what government's role is and what the people's role is and how that separates from each other. And 
and how important the people are to uh, understanding government and, and forming government and controlling government, not the other way around. And he talked about our God-given rights, and he he spoke about Judeo-Christianity, which I had no idea what that was, but I thought it was a great concept. I was born and raised a Catholic, and I thought, well, I'll look into that, and I thought, well, that is so right, combining both the New and the Old Testament together, because yeah. that's basically what we believe in as Christians. And, he, you know, he was able to work with a country like Russia in the middle of a Cold War. He was able to sound strong. He was able to sound like he like he meant what he said, but yet he wasn't overbearing. And he was able to curtail what was going on with Gorbachev, and he was able to make friends with him at the same time. It was it was uh, uh, an amazing way to govern the country. It was an amazing way to be the president of the United States. Besides the Reaganomics, how he pulled us out, his ideology on taxes, his ideology on on, on how to bring this country back from a uh, a Jimmy Carter area, uh, our era, and and I just appreciated everything and the way he went about being president of the United States. I guess does that answer? I hope that answers the question. That's awesome. He's uh, one of my favorites as well. He, um, one of my uh, dear friends, Mayor Pierce, uh, here at the Kenai Peninsula Borough. Yeah. Um, that's his favorite politician, and he, you pretty much said verbatim why he likes him. So it's um, it's it's nice to see that um, you know to look back on that time and and see that change is possible. You know, he was faced with some pretty ridiculously mountains to climb, and he figured out how to do them. I think that's one of the good testaments of America is that I don't think we're necessarily as lost as people think. We are. There's always. I'm always going to be optimistic that there's a way out of the bunker. So, um, tell me, Representative Rasha, what's one of the, um, maybe one of the accomplishments in your life that you're most proud of? Let's let you know people have a peek behind the curtain and and uh, share with us something like that. Well, I think. There's two things I'm most proud of. One is obviously becoming a legislator. I don't think anyone becomes a legislator uh, for six years and says I regret it. Um, but I think one of the things that I'm most proud of is my daughters, um, you know, and my grandson. Uh, I have a grandson that lives with us right now. And um, he's been living with us since he was uh, two or three years old. And, you know, he's reading at a third grade level. He's in first grade. And um, he's, a, he's a real joy to be around. But I hark back on raising my daughters uh, and all the things that we went through and all the things that they taught me. Um, not just what I taught them and not what they are now, but how they molded me to be the father that I was for them and how I was able to mold them to become the people that they are now. And I think that is a relationship that most people take for granted. They don't really look at it as a job or as an accomplishment. 
or as a hill to climb or as a plateau. But I really looked at that in my life as something very unique. I had no idea how to do that. When we had a first child. I have no idea what this is. <laughs> yeah, join the club. I'm the president of that club. <laughs> right. You know, and to be able to see uh, them grow up and become what they are now and raise grandchildren of their own. And um, not all of them are perfect success stories and not all of them are, uh, you know, uh, the, uh, you know, bad stories. They're all great stories that they've become. And I'm just glad that uh, we were able to help them mature into what they are now. That's awesome. It seems like, you know, I blink my eyes and I got a 13 year old daughter now. So uh, when my parents told me that the time will fly, you know, I didn't really realize it until you're in the midst of the time flies. And uh, I wish that sometimes the world could slow down a little bit. So, um, you know, before I blink my eyes, I'm going to have kids in college and uh, I'm not, you know, I, I thought I was younger than I might have been. So I'm getting old fast, George. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, it comes quicker and quicker. The years fly by. So uh, tell me something in your life that maybe you wish you would have done differently. I think that um, oftentimes we place um, politicians, especially in this unique form of like, they're never going to mess up. And, you know, they've never messed up. They'll never mess up. They're perfect. And it really sets politicians up for failure because you're just like, you're you're human you're going to make mistakes just like everybody else so maybe talk to me about one of those things that you wish you would have done different and why yeah i uh, walker walker was a governor and the uh and senator dunlavey had uh, decided to run for office and left his seat open and there were there was an opportunity there, which I thought everybody in the Capitol and everybody in my district thought would happen and I would be the next senator to replace him. Well, Walker had other ideas. He had a friend of his in the Valley who was still as, uh, I can't even remember his name, Andrew Walkie. That was his name, Andrew Walkie. <laughs> and, and, and apparently he didn't care. He just wanted that guy to be senator and oh he came up with his pony reason and i had a bumper sticker on my door which was um, speaking to the legislator across the hallway and he used it against me and uh, uh he said that that was the reason he didn't so i decided to put my name in the hat that day and i'll i'll run for senate i'll show this guy right and well through a bunch of trials and errors and the little help from the Senate. Um, they, they balanced out a few of his choices. One of them quit on his own. But um, either way, they ended up with a senator named Shower. <laughs> and, uh, and my name is in the hat before Shower came along. And uh, I, at one time, I, him and I had a come to Jesus meeting about what was actually going to happen here in this meeting in the future on should I stay in the house does he really want to run for senate he's been doing a fairly good job and he has some good ideas he's uh you know and I I 
tried to decide whether or not I wanted to challenge him. I let him become senator I, uh, and uh, at least run for Senate. He won that election. But if I had a regret, it would be not the fact that uh, I didn't replace him, the fact that I didn't stay in the race as a senator. I think I could have beat him at that time because I don't believe he was actually known as well as he came off. And it wasn't the fact that I didn't think he was doing a good job that I wanted to beat him. It was the fact that I really wanted to be a senator someday. And I chose to stay in the House. And well, the House has been a handful ever since. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, you don't. Yeah, so... Man, we're we're lucky to have you in there because it's a beautiful mess, right? <laughs> it is. It's a mess. And so if I had a regret, it would be that I didn't stay in the race. And I believe I could have beat him because he was unknown, not because yeah, I could have done a better job. But I if I had one, that would be nice. Well, we're we're happy that you're in the house. Um, you know, um, you and folks like uh, Vance and Carpenter are are kind of holding down the fort of, of reason right. for conservatives who um, oftentimes, you know, conservatives will elect folks and they'll right. go to Juno and do something different. And there's a small group of folks in the house that have got elected and have stuck to exactly what they said they would do. And you're one of those. So I appreciate that. Um, mm-hmm. Last question of the day uh, is this uh, representative Rauscher, you just won a fancy award, which is very exciting. I, I am. Um, I say that jokingly, but I also say that in a very serious way because it's not often that um, little old Alaska wins big awards. And so my representative, which I'm very proud of, Representative Carpenter also won one. Tell us about probably, I would say 90% of the people that are listening now and that will listen have had, will have had no idea that you and Representative Carper won this award. So you know, brag a little bit about yourself. Tell us about this award and how you how it came to. I appreciate that. You know, every year that we are in the House, we vote. Uh, by the way, I think last year we voted 330 times. And, um, and so there's an organization that keeps track of the important votes, the ones that are adding to the... Uh, to the debt of the state, needlessly, those that are, uh, you know, not conservative-minded, and there are there's a conservative group out there that keeps record of those, and every year you have a record uh, given and a percentage of what your score would be. A couple of years I had 100 percent, and a couple of years I didn't. But I averaged out to uh, 95%. And um, CPAC uh, sent us an email, said, hey, you know, we want to give you an award for the six years you've been in. Actually, they were only doing uh, four years at the time. But the four years that we we were graded, we want to give you uh, an award for uh, being conservative and staying conservative as a legislator, and we want to give you that award in Florida at CPAC, which was a week and, about a week and a half ago. One of the um, amazing things is they send out their tabulation program, and you can go back 15 years 
put in all of the legislators in there and you can see how you match up the 15 years worth of legislators wow. in the state of Alaska. That's cool. I still come out fourth out of <laughs> 500 or whatever it is. So who beat you? Who was the two was the other three that beat you? Do you remember? Oh, I remember. <laughs> they were Senator Shower and uh, Representative Eastman. Uh, I want you to know. So uh, to be that high up out of all of those legislators over the year, that's amazing. You yeah. know, to be fourth from the top. And uh, I believe the, the fourth one, the third one was uh, Sharon Jackson, who's not a legislator right now. Yeah. But she was, she was third. So they're doing those who used to be, those that aren't now, and those that uh, are sitting in office. And they, uh, I came out fourth out of that big, long pile. You, I could send you it, and you can look it up for yourself. And if you want, you can put it on uh, Must Read Alaska, and everybody can go through it and see how their legislators are stacking up. But uh, anyway. That's pretty cool. It. Yeah. Well, uh, it's a, it's a, uh, Something to be proud of, Representative Rauscher. So um, uh, I'm excited that you shared a little bit about how that came to be. Do you have any last minute things before I kind of take us off into the wind here that you'd like to say? Uh, give you a couple minutes here um, to just, you know, kind of say any last words. Yeah, I really appreciate that. You know, the House, the, the House here in Alaska, the State House, is. Since I've been in an office for the last six years, we have been Democrat-led. And a lot of that reason has to do with Republicans who went over to the other side. Every one of the last three elections, we had the majority of our Republicans were elected. But yet we never, ever controlled the House as a majority because of those that went and change their affiliation and join the Democrat side. My biggest, my biggest plea to the people in the state of Alaska is that we, we make sure who we're sending to Juno. We vote with care. We make sure that we analyze those that we're voting for. And we have strong opinion a strong signal that they are going to support what they said they're going to do when they get elected. And it's very important. Our state has suffered for six years because of that. Okay, if you have a Republican that wants to go and support their district and, and be on a committee as a chair or whatever, but when you do that and we're not in the majority, we can't pass. I can't even get a bill for abortion heard. Um, we can't get an election bill heard. We can't, you can't get, get any bill heard, basically. <laughs> we can't get a conservative bill heard. We can name a bridge. Yeah, okay. They're going to listen to it. They'll, they'll hear that. We can, uh, you know, we could do a PUA, right? A public use area. They'll listen to it. We can't get those conservative value bills because they're never gonna get hurt. Because we don't keep the majority, we don't keep those seats, we don't run the table, we don't do, we, we, we aren't 
the, the chairs of these these uh, committees. So yeah, jumping over to the other side, yeah, maybe you did your district some good, but you didn't do our state much good. And that's that's the one thing that worries me. We need to put the right people in office, and it's a plea. It's a plea. Let's do it right. Let's get it right this time. That's my plea. That's awesome. Well, I th- thank you so much, Representative George Rush, for the two reasons why you're one of my favorite representatives uh, was spoken today. You literally are one of the top conservatives in the history of the last 15 years. Uh, data doesn't lie. And you're a, good per- you're a good person. So I want to make sure people know that you're genuinely a good person that cares about um, the state of Alaska and cares literally about all the individuals in your district. And so I think that's pretty awesome. Um, for those of you joining us, uh, uh, thank you so much for listening to the Must Read Alaska show. We appreciate everything that um, you all do to support us, whether you donate a dollar or a hundred dollars. Uh, we are grateful. Suzanne and I are very grateful for all the support that we get. You can listen to us on Spotify, Amazon, uh, FM, uh, or iHeartRadio. Um, you can tell Alexa to play us even if you'd like. And so uh, we want to thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, we're going to have another show Friday morning. Our new host, James Baisden, will be on talking about Alaska politics and giving you some of the scuttlebutt that's happening around the state. And once again, we want to remind you that this show is sponsored by Charlie Pierce for Governor. Thank you so much, Charlie Pierce for Governor, for sponsoring this show. It's because of folks like you that help us spread conservative news and conservative values in and all around Alaska.